Welcome to Living Life. Hey, do you, do you ever remember, uh, or can you ever point to a time where there was a miracle that you recognize this particular circumstance as a miracle in your life? And when you recognize it as a miracle, my question would be, did you, were you more infatuated by the miracle or you, were you more taken by the miracle worker, the one who actually engaged, who put forth the miracle? So a lot of times what would happen in scripture, as we'll see, is that uh, people were more infatuated, more taken by the miracle rather than the miracle worker. So as we read this passage, uh, I just pray that uh, you will become more uh, taken, more excited about the miracle worker. So let's take a look at the passage. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said, So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, in the passage above, he says, They shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Welcome back to Living Life. You know, as we look at this passage, uh, we, we can't help but think about uh, the miracle worker. We can't think, help think about God, we can, and we can't help think about the Son, Jesus Christ, who performed miracles uh, to uh, authenticate his ministry. Because uh, sometimes people will look at the miracle and not the miracle worker. But the, the hope is always that when you see a miracle, you will be drawn and focused in on the miracle worker. But that didn't always happen. Uh, in this particular case uh, with these scriptures, we see that God had, um, he had uh, allowed the Israelites to cross the Red Sea on dry ground. He had, he stood up the 
Jordan River. And people saw that miracle as well. When the people were hungry, he brought forth quail so they would have meat. And then he would also, he also rained down from heaven manna so they could eat bread. Uh, also, he, he caused water to flow from a rock so that people would have water. God was providing for all the needs of the people, and he was doing it in a miraculous way so they can see right before him that this was God. He, he was doing things that nobody could do except they be God. Now, the question is, is did they turn to God when they saw the miracles? Did they focus and fix their eyes on God? Did they follow him uh, in, in a way where they would follow no one else after seeing the miracles? No, not always. Uh, when Lazarus was raised from the dead, some people didn't believe and some people actually used that as an opportunity to try to uh, plot against Jesus. Uh, when all of the miracles that God did in the, in the Old Testament, uh, did the people just believe and follow him without any reservation? No. There was those who, uh, who were rabble and, and actually tried to get others to follow them, to turn, uh, to turn them away from following God. However, what in this particular passage, what's, what's being said is the writer of Hebrews is telling us the promise of God to enter his rest still stands. God has showed us in many different ways himself through all of those miracles. But the one way that I believe, and I think the writer of Hebrews is saying, the greatest miracle is a transformed life, a life which is completely changed, not because they saw all of the great miracles of God, but because they heard the word of truth, because they heard the gospel. The writer of Hebrews is telling us is that the gospel was preached even to the Israelites in that generation. When we think about the good news, we only think about the gospel, the good news being preached in today's generation, but the writer of Hebrews saying the gospel, the good news was preached even to us. Now, uh, as we know, when people hear the gospel, hear the good news, do they flock to God? Do they follow it? Do they, do they believe immediately or do they continue on with their lives? Well, in the same way, there were Israelites, there were Hebrews in that generation, after hearing the good news preached, didn't flock to uh, God, didn't begin to follow him based upon hearing the gospel, the good news preached. As a matter of fact, the writer of Hebrews says that after the good news was preached, even to the Israelites of that generation, it was of no value to them. What does he mean it was of no value? The Bible tells us is that hearing, uh, when we hear, uh, we hear and it, it brings us to a place of faith. You can't have faith unless you hear the word of God and the message of God. So what he was saying, the writer of Hebrews, or, or what, uh, is that when we hear God, and we combine it with faith. So if, if hearing brings you to a place of faith, it should bring you to a place of faith so that the gospel that's preached to you is not valueless of, or of no effect, but it is now 
uh, not only just something that's in your life that has produced faith, but now you begin to live according to the gospel because you have heard it and you have accepted it. So what the writer of Hebrews is saying is that don't miss the promise of God's rest. God's rest for us today is a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is the way to God's rest. In the uh, Old Testament, in those times, the promised land, which Joshua was bringing the people, was God's rest. But today, it is Jesus is the way to God's rest. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, the prophets, uh, the Lord was all pointing forward to Jesus to be the ultimate way to God's rest. Don't miss it when the gospel is preached to you when you hear the good news, I pray that you will combine it with faith so you will come to know not just the miracles of God, but you will come to know the miracle worker himself. Jesus said in scripture, don't just hear the word, but actually obey it, accept it, and do what it says. As you hear the gospel preached to you, the good news of Jesus Christ coming and dying and being buried and shedding his blood for you, for your forgiveness, for the forgiveness of your sins, and being raised on the third day, so that you might have new life. He, I pray that hearing that gospel, you will accept it, you will obey it, and you will begin to walk in life and in truth. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time, this opportunity to be in your presence. We thank you for the wonderful gospel that the writer of Hebrews says, was the good news was preached even to them. And I pray today when that gospel goes forth, that those who hear it will combine it with faith, saving faith, and come to know the one who is the author of that gospel. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world and stepping in closer.